Hey everyone, the reviews are coming in for our book, Death by Umbrella, The Hundred Weirdest Horror Movie Weapons. Scream Magazine called it really entertaining and often amusing, like a greatest hits album with just the good kills. We're so happy they like it, and we think you will too. Pick it up in paperback, e-format, or hardcover at Amazon.com or Barnes & Noble. On with the show. Top of the news this evening is speculation concerning the real facts behind the Department of Health announcement about a radioactive spill supposed to have occurred yesterday at the state nuclear plant. You know what you're thinking. Mine's bigger than yours, right? It's not fair. Throw it away. All right? Tons of popcorn there. Yeah. And all you gotta do is go climb a tree to go eat it. <laughs> it was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Oh, good lord. It's. It's unbelievable. It's. It's horrible. Welcome to the Really Awful Movies Podcast, a celebration of low-budget cinema. The sleep of reason gives birth to monsters. Hi, my name's Chris, and along with Jeff, we're bringing you the very best and worst of horror, sci-fi, post-apocalyptic wasteland, kung fu, and women in prison movies from the 1960s to today. Check us out at reallyawfulmovies.com, part of the Crypt TV family. We're at downtown Toronto headquarters. Here's episode 123, 2008's harrowing French New Wave extremist horror, Martyrs. Mm-hmm. And there, there's a reason it comes by this moniker. This is horrific, transcendent, uh, decade-defying, in my opinion, yours as well, pure horror. This is one of the most intense viewing experiences I've ever had. For and sure. I mean, this is a movie that I hold in, in tremendously high esteem. And uh, up until a couple nights ago when we discussed doing this for the podcast, I had only seen it one time. And the reason for that was it was such a harrowing experience watching the film that it's, it wasn't a film I was eager to revisit. However, it, it, it shook me to the core. It affected me so much. It, it, it basically ripped my soul out. And yet, at the same time, I felt it was oddly, transcendently beautiful. And we'll get to that as we continue discussing this. But, yeah, I mean, I saw the movie. I was floored by it. I even bought it on Blu-ray. And up until I revisited it two days ago, that Blu-ray remained in the shrink wrap. Because Martyrs is not a film that you want to take down every couple months. It's, like, it's not like the sound of music or something. No, it's like, no. oh, I'm going to be, you know, elevated by this and yeah. it'll make my day go great. This is, yeah, this is, this is ugly business. Mm. And rewatching, I mean, it's interesting because I, I, part of me thought to myself, well, will this movie still affect me as much as it did, let's say, back in 2008? And in a lot of ways, not in a lot of ways, because I don't want to diminish the power of this film, in a very slight way, no, because the shock of the new has worn off, but all the same, at the end of the movie, I still felt shaken to the core. This was, it still retained its power to rip my soul asunder, and that's, what's, that, that's what I find so brilliant about this movie. This is an, an amazing work of art by Pascal Laugier 
And I will say now that as we um, begin our discussion of Martyrs, uh, I'm going to give a spoiler uh, warning because this is a film that confounds expectations just about every turn. And there's really no way of discussing Martyrs with any sort of real depth or... Um, to, you know, to really justify Martyrs without talking about some of these twists and turns. So for those that haven't seen Martyrs and are looking to see it and don't want anything spoiled, this is now your chance. Spoiler warning alert. Mm -hmm. If you, if you uh, don't want it spoiled, turn it off now. Okay, you're still with us? Let's go. And right out of the gate, this supercharged, uh, heart-pounding, action-packed, sinister... Something has happened because you have a young girl that's running from something, dressed in like the underwear. Yeah, and beaten, mm -hmm. looking like she's undergone tremendous hardship, and she's just running for her life, and you don't know what's going on. And this right out of the gate, before the credits have rolled, mm -hmm. you're in some intense territory here. Yeah, they fill in her backstory. Turns out she was raised by nuns, and she is still traumatized to the point where right. Well, this she's got of the ordeals. So yeah, yeah, yeah. She escapes this 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 hell of whatever that they find her. Mm -hmm. Well, we don't even know it's a dungeon that mm -hmm. one. We just know that she's escaped a warehouse of some sort, and she ends up uh, living in this home, um, which I sort of wrote down my notes as an orphanage. But it's not really an orphanage. It's more like a home for I say wayward girls. Yeah, yeah, wayward. yeah. Her advocate is her young friend Anna, mm -hmm. who uh, describes the best of her abilities as the spokesperson for her friend Lucy, what transpired in her ordeal mm -hmm. to the police when the police come to investigate. Right. So we've got this little set piece here of what has happened to this woman. Yeah, I mean, there's no doubt that Lucy uh, went through something, and she recounts these tales of abject horror. There, there's, I mean, the police do want to investigate, but there, there's certain doubt as to whether or not... Yeah, they, they poke around in the industrial uh, mm -hmm. warehouse and, and they they, okay, and yeah. this, this is apparently allegedly where they did this and where this happened, and they really don't find anything. Right. So we're left with uh, the unreliable narrator, the words of this young girl, and mm -hmm. who knows? Yeah, and as Lucy matures, ostensibly, she's to heal physically, emotionally, spiritually, etc., she does heal physically, but she doesn't heal emotionally or spiritually. Thankfully, she does have this confidant, Anna, who does somewhat believe her, and that's pretty much her tether to, to her extremely, extremely um, tenuous sanity, because even after, you know, I, I know they do flash forward a certain many years, I don't recall how many, did they say, was it 15 years later? Uh, yeah, she, she's being completely gutted and traumatized yeah. by visions of the women who were her co-captors. One in particular is this creature, this hissing, grudge-type creature that afflicts her that only she can see, a figment of her imagination, who is grotesquely depicted with scars all over her and wounds and scrapes. and, and body. Yeah. And, yeah, and Lucy is continually harmed by this creature. And, you know, to me it's quite evident that she's harming herself. And I think mm -hmm. it's evident to the viewer as well. Yeah, they but, do expose that later. Yeah, yeah, but Lucy is convinced that, you know, something is after her. And she needs to expunge this. And in order to expunge this, she needs to get revenge. She needs to go out there and right the wrong that was brought upon her. Now, Lucy is suffering from a, a couple of things. I mean, obviously post-traumatic stress disorder, but also survivor's guilt because... She managed to escape, but 
this unspeakable horror that she underwent, but not others did not. Mm -hmm. Then the movie takes an interesting little turn because instead of Lucy and Anna in this home, we now see... Yeah, we're in some breakfast nook with a family, yeah. an average, everyday family sitting around eating croissants and talking about their day. Mm -hmm. The son is My going day. to college. Yeah. Like, where, what's he going to do with his life? The yeah. daughter, oh, blah, blah, blah. It, yeah, they're having coffee. What is going on here? It's a mundane discussion, <laughs> a mundane family, and we're wondering, well, how does this fit into the narrative? Well, that becomes evident quite quickly when, there's a, when the doorbell rings, the father opens the door, Lucy charges in with a shotgun and blows him to kingdom come. Yeah, incredibly graphic, disturbing. It really made the made the taxi driver Denouement seem milk toast in in how violent this mm -hmm. took place. This was savage. She queries the son before he's going to meet his maker. How old are you? He says, "Oh, he's, I forget what it was. Twenty-one, whatever it is. Doesn't matter." Mm -hmm. She just coldly blows the guy away. Right. He slumps over in his chair, mm -hmm. blows the father away, blows the daughter away. The mother is still alive. True. And barely clinging to life. Right. Although Lucy does think that she's dead. But then We meet her accomplice. Her her accomplice. <laughs> I guess I mean you, you say it's her accomplice. I don't It's a very I, reluctant one. Because I don't she's not taking part in the actual yeah. physical but yeah. she's there with her to help her. It's her accomplice before the fact. She drove there and then she becomes her accomplice after the fact. But Anna Delvan does come in after Lucy says, Yes, I I did it. And now it befalls Anna to help Lucy clean up the evidence, so to speak. Gruesome. And yeah. that leads to one this really... Was, this was the part that affected me yeah. the most, because these bodies are just being treated like carcasses of meat, just hauled across the linoleum floor, just mm -hmm. dragged into the shower so they can be washed, and I guess they're cleaned before they're dumped in the backyard. So mm -hmm. they're just lying there, and this is where the mother wakes up barely conscious with her daughter who's got a shotgun blast through the gut and her daughter's lying on top of her. The mother's still with us, desperately trying for save herself, even as her family's been massacred and pleading with Anna to help her. And Anna, who has not yet become part of this sinister debacle and massacre, is willing to do so and clandestinely tries to help her across the living room to try and get her out the door and free her. So she still does not believe her friend, even though she is helping her out. She's a reluctant participant in this carnage. Well, I mean, she be I believe she believes her, but not 100% fully. And because if she didn't believe her, she wouldn't have driven her to the house. No, well, I guess but, hey, a, a friend helps you move. A good friend helps you move a body, as the phrase goes. She's implicated in this. <laughs> I would help you move any day of the week, but I would never help you move a body. Say that way. I've known you for mm. two decades plus. You know. We'll see. <laughs> but, Maybe I have a little hit list I'm drawing yeah. up. Okay, never mind. But sure, like she's involved in this thing. Yeah. And, and Lucy comes down as she's trying to save the mother. The mother's name is Gabrielle. Uh, it's the only name we learn of the family. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and Bachelor brings her with a hammer. Yes, ouch. Vicious, vicious beating a la Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. Her brain is crushed like a cantaloupe, just vile, horrific to watch, and yet that scene was not even in my top two mm -hmm. of the worst scenes in this film. So, but again, it, it sets the tone, sets the extremist element of this thing, sets a tension between Lucy and Anna, because 
Yeah, because she, she realizes that Anna doesn't really want to be a part of this as much to to the extent that she is. Well, yeah, no, because when Lucy uh, discovers it, Anna was trying to help this this tormentor of hers, and you know, it's, we have to mention it as she was was blowing away this family. She said, "Do you realize what he did to me? Do you realize what he did to me? what they did to me? Um, you know, it, it, was it justified to kill the son and the daughter? Were they complicit? Probably not, but." It did not matter as far as Anna was concerned. Hey, witnesses, maybe. Who knows? She wanted, she wanted revenge. By seeing Anna, her ostensible friend, confidant, etc., trying to help this lady, that sort of puts Lucy over the edge. She's like, you know, I don't even think you really believe me. Um, she's, she, the other thing, too, is uh, she figured that by blowing away this family, that would expunge these horrific visions that she's been having of this, this woman, this, this contorted, wraith-like figure that comes down and, like, slices at her back and stuff. But no, the visions keep coming. So Lucy runs out in the rain and slices her own throat. Done. Done. And interesting, because up until this point, this really was Lucy's story. This is the character we're invested in. And now... She's gone, yeah. In the first half an hour, Lucy's gone, and the focus now shifts towards Anna. Now, Lucy's story is soon validated, because right. Anna yeah. finds a secret passageway. Mm-hmm. Like some eccentric millionaire would have, you know, where you push a painting and then behind there's, uh, I don't know, his saving, life savings or whatever. But yeah, there's some, uh, I forget what it is, something maybe is it in the kitchen, something she touches and it, it yeah, she, either, but it's she yeah. exposes some doorway. Yeah. And then instead of getting out of there while the getting is good, as she should do, because she could probably escape jail time at this point, because we have the perp dead. The whole family dead. See, the whole she thing is, done. I, 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 I don't, I don't, I don't look at her as an accomplice. I don't look at, I don't think of law and order. The whole time, okay. So I, she's helping move bodies, the driving the person time, there, see, researching I'm, the family. But the, she should have gotten out of there. Yeah. Ah, it makes me feel so the, bad. Well, true, but I, I, see, <laughs> the whole time, like I never thought, you know, seeing uh, Lucy at the beginning of this movie and knowing that she went through this ordeal, I believed her. I believed that this was true. I didn't believe it. I mean, I knew that the uh, the sort of wraith demon was a figment of her imagination, but I felt like what she was doing was justified. I feel like Anna, what she did was, even though I mentioned earlier that I would not help her move her body, I still feel like Anna, being this lost and lonely girl's only friend and confidant, she was doing what she had to do. Anna is a compassionate soul. And we're going to find that, and we're going to see evidence yeah, of that. Collateral damage of the kids be damned, but no, you're no, right. I don't care. I, <laughs> you I don't, don't care, care about these innocent I kids. Really, they did not know what their parents were up to. That's not... In that, this weird the, basement. That was not established in the film. We don't know. I mean, True. Chester, they didn't, but whatever. It doesn't it, matter. It adds another Some, psychological element exactly. of this because when they set this family up to be the perfect... Uh, the exemplar French suburban family. Like, who knows what these kids were up to? Yeah. Uh, one would like to hope, for their sake, that they were not exposed to any of this stuff and they were just normal kids growing up. But who knows? Frankly, I don't care. And I'm not, <laughs> I, I took a very there was a very sort of uh, cathartic thrill seeing them all blown away. Oh my God! What do those kids ever do? Forget about the kids. All right. Let's, let's, let's continue on with this narrative. So, yeah, yeah. the basement. The she, basement. Goes, she goes into the basement. She finds this this hallway with these illuminated portraits of just hideous people uh, who are obviously suffering unspeakable torment. And she continues is investigating. She sees a chair that Lucy claimed that she was chained to, with an actual hole um, at the bottom uh, of the seat for her to eliminate her waist. She sees it, and she realizes that Lucy's story was one hundred percent true. And if that wasn't enough, which it surely is. She happens upon one of the victims, mm-hmm. 
And this was an intense scene because this woman is completely traumatized. She's wearing metallic headgear that's been screwed into her head. The, her, the middle of her hair has been shaved yep. and she's got this helmet. It looks similar to something that would maybe be used to administer electroshock therapy. And she's, she's naked, emaciated, and, emaciated naked. and uh, her body is covered with an assortment of uh, you know wounds and cuts and scrapes and bruises. And Anna, being the compassionate person that she is, she agrees to help her. Ugh, you know it's pretty disgusting. Yeah, yeah she, again, of course, this is what you would do. But she takes a screwdriver and tries to wrest the metal shell from this woman's skull and when it starts to bleed I almost threw up. It was oh, yeah, fucking she, disgusting. She basically, by taking that thing off she ripped half her face off and she realized that there's not much you can do to help this lady. This lady's a goner. Um, she tries to tend to her wounds. She takes her to a bath mm -hmm. which does not look like this is something that should have been done either with the amount of open wounds this woman sustained sure. through cuts. Like I would not want to expose that to water of any kind or any sort of iodine anything uh, just she probably should have just been put out of her misery at that point the reality is that lucy has been vindicated something clandestine something terrible has been going on and it's no longer taking place in this warehouse that 15 years prior it's now taking place in this suburban home anna really should have gone out of the house when the getting was good but by staying she then she then enters her own hell. And it's interesting I say hell because as she goes deeper and deeper in this house, when she finds uh, this woman, you know, she goes in the basement, then there's a ladder that goes deeper still, and I'm thinking just Dante, you know, as you go further and further down the seven circles of hell. Um, the perps come, led by this uh, very um, interesting, eccentric, late, elderly lady who's only referred to in the film as Mademoiselle, and they're basically the heads of a, of a syndicate. What are the, what is a syndicate? What do they what do they want to do? Well, besides you know kidnapping women and torturing them, there's something they want to achieve. They want to create martyrs. And when they put the victim that Anna was trying to help out of her misery by shooting her in the head, they then grab Anna. They chain her to a table, and they say, it doesn't matter. She was just a victim. There are too many victims. We're looking to find martyrs. That's the, whole, that's the main thrust of this movie, is, is, is creating martyrs. Well, and also, I guess, trying to figure out what happens in the afterlife through some weird Dr. Mengele experiment. What are they trying to, I guess, to achieve some enlightenment through severe pain which right. is a common thread through all religions uh who knows what the exact the details of this are a little bit murky but well no i'm not i mean see the thing about what a martyr is is someone who can endure unspeakable pain um and not be affected unspeakable pain torment torture what have you and continue to to hold strong you know think about your joan of arc as she's being burned at the stake for her belief in Christianity, mm -hmm. and she never once renounces her beliefs as she's being burned alive. She was a martyr. Uh, I, I even think back to that, to The Passion of Joan of Arc, an incredibly evocative, silent film, and the look on and the actress's eyes, she's burned alive, and there's still belief in, 
the mademoiselle is showing her these pictures. Look at this person. This person was you know, gone through this torture. Look at her eyes. Look at this person. Look at her eyes. They even surmise that females make better martyrs. And, and what they want to do is they want to take people and they want to torture them unspeakably to the point where they reach that breaking point where they are no longer affected and somehow, while still being alive, they can see beyond this world and into the, I guess, afterlife. So there's a, there is a religious element to this. And now they take Anna, and this is someone who we feel is, is, should not be subject to these tortures. She's innocent. She was trying to help her friend. And Anna undergoes unspeakable torment. Yeah, and you referenced the latter earlier, sending her down to lower and lower levels of depravity, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. This was a consistent feature in the film because one of her tormentors is this big, goonish, almost Slavic-looking Serbian-type fellow. Not a Serbian film, but yeah, this guy comes down, he's got a bald head. He, The latter uh, announces himself with this smashing sound. The guy steps down, beats this woman mercilessly. And feeds her the slop like she's a, um, a barnyard animal, and that was really incredibly difficult to watch. Mm -hmm. When we talk about torture porn, this is a subset of it. When you have someone who's held captive and beaten, mm -hmm. so well, that, that was that was thing. incredibly yeah. difficult to watch. Even even the slop that she was being fed, that was really disgusting because she really is treated in the most basest of manner, mm -hmm. and it comes down in a metal tray, boom, they shove it in her mouth like nothing, and mm -hmm. she's just there tied to her chair. It's yeah. incredibly difficult to watch. But it's not just, but, the, but that's that's hard to watch. What about the, the, the constant beatings, you know? The, she was beaten mercil mercilessly, punched in the face mm -hmm. over and over again. And in the gut and, and just left she, to she, she falls down unconscious, they revive her, they beat her again. This is when I when I when I watched it the first time. I mean when this This was the hardest to watch going for the you know, going on for the umpteenth time, right? Almost like where I almost pressed stop. I couldn't take it much longer, but... Yeah, it almost so made me yearn for the, the hammer head-beating of the, the, the homeowner there. I mean, this was worse, because right. it was consistent, protracted fists, just bare fists beating this mm -hmm. woman, and just she should have been put out of her misery, mm -hmm. and just wasn't. And of course... But it, why would they want to put her out of her misery? That, the whole point is... Well, they, they don't do, want her, but yeah. They that, want they want to, they want to test the, the limits edge. of human they, pain. They yeah. want to make her into a martyr. And... I don't think it's any accident that when they do um, grab her by by her hair and they shave her head, she ends up resembling Joan of Arc. Mm -hmm. Well, all manner of, of you know beatified figures throughout human history have undergone severe, severe torture and abuse, and were given this status by the pontiff and whatnot. There's some in Canada who, uh, what is it, Brebeuf? Is that the one? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm picking a name out of a hat here, but. Uh, Various saints who've undergone unspeakable torment. That's that's the thing with her. There's really nothing that she gets out of it because she's not religious in any way. So this is an almost irreligious. We don't know that, do we? No, we don't. Which is okay. interesting about it. So they're trying to, I guess, generate some sort of transcendent pain and establish an almost uh, the opposite of ecclesiastical, the secular martyr here. They're just beating her to try and see what a human body's limits are. And, again, this is being headed by this den mother, Mademoiselle, who looks like your typical septuagenarian arts aficionado of a big city. Like She's kind of stylish. She, she, she looks... She, you don't 
anticipate. One of the many things you don't expect in this film is for the syndicate, as you mentioned, to be headed by this person of all people. But I guess, who knows? Evil exists in so many different forms. Mm -hmm. Now, ultimately, as they're uh, torturing this poor Anna, she, she's starting to develop some sort of uh, desensitization. And they realize that she may be approaching that threshold. She may be becoming a martyr. So, they take her to the final stage. Uh, and see, this this is a set piece that a lot of people would say is the grossest part of the movie. Well, so I mean, it was it, repeated beatings. But what they end up doing is they skin her alive. They skin this poor girl alive. Every ounce of her skin is taken off except for her face. Yeah, they, they put her in this medieval torture device where she's hung, suspended, with her face down, naked, and they... Flay her. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't want to go, you know, further, further, further into like in describing what happens next and what happens next because there are things in this movie that I do feel that people should discover. However, we're describing this movie and it just sounds like a, a base, disgusting piece of torture porn. And in many ways, it was lumped into that uh, sort of subgenre. And it's funny because no filmmaker, I don't think, ever said, I want to make a torture porn movie. But the media kind of is, oh, well, you know, your saws, that's got to be torture porn. Your hostels, that's torture porn. It mm -hmm. was a media dub creation. Um, yeah, this, this out-torture porns the torture yeah, porn, and it out-supernaturals the supernatural. But at the, the same time... The grudge creature here and the torture porn, if you want to call it mm -hmm. that here, affected me way more than any of those mm -hmm. types of films because you are invested in this person and you want both Anna and Lucy, to overcome their demons and exact their revenge. Whereas the other ones, you're just it's just some random killer in Eastern Europe who's just doing this on a lark. So this is way much more advanced and evolved than those. But at the same time, this movie, as far as I'm concerned, has something very, very uh, profound about it because there is one scene near the end um, after going through these unspeakably br brutal, scene, horrific scenes uh, there's one scene near the end which to me was so beautiful it almost made me cry after seeing some of the most horrific stuff that I've ever seen on celluloid, I then see this one particular scene that was so beautiful that it almost was life affirming and that's what, that's like the dichotomy of martyrs is that by going through the most awful degradation you can see on screen. Well, okay, there's been more than other movies I've seen, hence, like Serbian film, whatever, but by seeing this poor Anna being put through these terrible, terrible ordeals one after another, and then you're given this scene of beautiful transcendence. I don't, did you, I, you, do you know, you know what the scene I'm referring to? I, don't uh, I think so, but yeah, describe yeah. it. I don't want to describe it, because I don't want to, I don't, that I don't want to spoil. Mm -hmm. But do you, do you understand? But suffice it to say, like, when someone is put out of their pain, and you just feel so relieved that this person doesn't have to undergo this anymore. Well, it's not even that, man. It's, it's, no, even that, though, is enough, because we're so invested mm -hmm. in these people, and you don't want to see this happen. It's a level that she attained, mm -hmm. you know, through this torture. And I don't even want to, like, say that by, by going through this, she transcended humanity and, and transcended her tormentors and whatnot, but you see this, this girl who's flayed to the, you know, the sinew and muscle and chained up, and yet she's become something that, you know, they, they gather around her to the, the syndicate. Yeah, to, to venerate her people, and stuff, exactly. yeah. Exactly, and, and yet she, and she has a power. 
a certain power because something he does then affects somebody else to do something else and it's just like holy fuck and at the end of this movie I just that's the, that's again how I felt I was like holy fuck this movie is one of the most horrific yet beautiful things I've ever seen in my entire life I, I, I don't know what more to say about martyrs it's it's just it's a singular creation it's it's not for everybody it's it's very very difficult to watch but it's a work of art in its purest sense art is sometimes horrific look at your own must wash paintings yeah you know and I guess uh, I forget who is involved in this practice where there's a, a pole and they uh, what is it in Central America I believe there's a, a group where they affix themselves to a pole by ropes and hooks mm -hmm. and they hook themselves in their breastbone above the pectoral muscles and they swing around this thing and that they sounds flay, like uh, Campbell Ferox to me it does <laughs> they flay themselves but again it's a transcendent pain well, as you, you with the hair uh, shirts and whatever the monks put mm. themselves through in medieval Europe yeah, well, to well, put yourself through pain or or in uh, Buddhism a Thai uh, austerity put yourself through you know not eating not drinking putting yourself through unspeakable Torment. Well, that, that's the thing. I mean, a lot of religions. I mean, yes, um, self-flagellation is and and torture is part and parcel of their um, their ceremonies and their rituals. And it's a sect of Islam as well, where uh, they they flagellate themselves yeah, as well. It's well, a yeah, sect of Shia Islam. Yeah, well, so, uh, but I'm also like, thinking. I'm thinking of the the stations of the cross that they recreate every Easter in Little Italy. Yeah, and where they where yeah. there's some guy who considers it an honor to. Bear the cross, and as he's walking and recreate, you know, the stations of the cross, it was so, uh, although I've never seen the movie, horrendously depicted in Mel Gibson's The Passion of the Christ. Mm -hmm. And as he's making his way up to wherever he's going to get crucified, yeah. he's being flagellated, he's being whipped, and it's not, there's nothing phony about it. He is being ripped, tore, uh, pieces of flesh are being rendered from his body. But, so this movie touches upon those religious themes, um, religious ecstasy through unspeakable pain and torture. It's not overtly religious, and that's where I thought the, uh, there, there was a, a, a remake of this movie, and a, a, a completely misguided American remake, um, which I saw and promptly forgot, because they changed things around. I mean, the, the beginning started, it was almost shot for shot as the original, but then it diverged quite a bit, and the religious aspect, instead of being subtle, was much more overt, and it had no heart and soul. It, it lacked the heart and soul of this one, and it lacked the transcendence. So, as far as I'm concerned, Martyrs is one of the best horror films of the new millennium. If yeah, without not the, a doubt. Yeah. If not the best, it's certainly my top five. I absolutely think that, I mean, it's amazing because I've only seen it now twice, but I, I, I will give this film four and a half stars. Yeah, likewise. I guess uh, maybe we should... Uh, <laughs> you know, jettison our what did we learn here because we, yeah. we've learned so much. But yeah. again, uh, there we give credit where credit is due. This is not our favorite genre. I can speak both from the standpoint of rape revenge, although it's not rape, uh, but okay, revenge and torture porn, if you want to lump it into that category. It's not the kind of thing anyone seeks out because you get so much more invested in a victim in a film like this because it's protracted abuse than you do with the average summer camp counselor who just gets skewered. They, these people are nothing. Here, like, we're emotionally invested in these girls right from the get-go and want to see them 
survive right to the end. That we have a lot invested in these people. And to a certain extent, it almost was the family. And, but again, Logier gives us so many right turns, left turns. This movie has so many different elements. Mm-hmm. It's not any one thing. It dispenses with the revenge theme right out of the gate. And the protagonist you're invested in is deceased right out of the gate. Like, there's so many interesting things. And then we have a new protagonist who we have to watch endurance people torture. And ultimately, I feel that she, in some extremely perverse way, is the victor. Without yeah. saying too much about, spoil, you know, about the ending of this movie. But all I can say is that I remember watching this for the, uh, the very first time and getting to that picture scene I was referring to and just you know, going from a point of saying I can't watch this any longer to saying thank God I continued watching because that is fucking sublime. That is mm-hmm. beautiful. That is life affirming. And then at the end of it all it's being like, Whoa, that was and then that was something. That that is art. Martyrs is art. Martyrs is high art. And as I said, I gave my star rating earlier. I think it's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. What's your star rating? Yeah, it's the same. And it's also interesting in seeing all these people complicit in these awful experiments because there is a syndicate. There's a large group of people invested in the outcome of whatever it is that's going on in this basement. And that makes it almost doubly worse because who are these people? What are they doing? Like, these people, in, there's no way I would have expected Mademoiselle to be part of this thing. And we're not going to divulge what happens to her, which is also an incredible moment, too, mm-hmm. when she sees the fruits of her labors, such as they are, and decides to do something, which we won't, we won't divulge here, mm-hmm. because we can only say so much. But again, it's, it's must-see material in a decade that's frequently maligned, you know, as, as being the nadir of, of horror, we have all this crap that's not going well, or it's the genre has been taken over by uh, either mindless torture porn, in the case of Saw, which I think is just crap, or a supernatural, tepid PG-13 fare. This thing really stands apart, as did a lot of these films that came out of France, mm-hmm. L'Interieur and others of its ilk, which are just sinister gut punches mm-hmm. that you will remain shaken by. Yeah, and these and are films that are going to stay with you for forever, decades. And Yeah, exactly. The, the punch by this bald assailant. He's just doing the bidding of his higher-up. He just descends those stairs, punches this woman, and just goes back. And he's just just going through the motions, you know, the banality of evil, as Hannah Arendt said. This guy is just thoughtlessly doing this and tormenting this poor woman. And why? And for what purpose? And it's just incredibly difficult to watch, and yet essential viewing. Incredible. And we don't know if this will visit Serbian film in the future. I don't think we will. But that's a film that doesn't (laughs) offer much in terms of the uh, kind of uh, ambiguity and temporal, uh, you know, uh, fooling around that Logier does with his film. And Uh the investment you have in its uh, protagonist is not nearly the same. I disagree, though. I mean, I think think that uh, a Serbian film is is a completely brilliant film um, in uh, in its own regard. It's very different from The Martyrs. But in many ways, I think it's it's just as rife with uh, 
essential subtext and social commentary. Well, in terms of the Balkan conflict, maybe, but yeah. when you have some porn not, star going into this stuff, yeah. it's really not the same. Yeah, let's as, not talk too much about Serbian film. No, yeah. no. <laughs> but, again, because you can't another, help yeah. but, but that, name it in the same breath because it's one of these films that, well, for better or for worse, you're not going to forget. That's another film that I, I watched. I was floored by it. I purchased it. I own the copy. I've yet to revisit it. And that's one I'm, pr- I'm pretty safe in proclaiming that I will not ask you to talk about it. And I do not n- want to see it again. You're making me talk about it right now, man. <laughs> you know, yeah, but we're not going to revisit it, no. I'm pretty sure, in any podcast. But this is one that you need to see. Uh, Martyrs, Essential Viewing, Screw the Remake. This is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, terrific performances as well, across sure. the board. Just amazing it's in every sense. Just a virtuosic film. Incredible. Mm-hmm. And for more, check out our site, reallyawfulmovies.com, where we've got reviews of these and other films. It runs the gamut. Mm-hmm. The horror genre is completely varied. And uh, if, you want, if you want to hear more about my thoughts about the Mars remake, I did write a review of that on our site. Yeah, definitely check that out. And yeah, I, I did not mince words. No, it's, or pull punches. Exactly. And yeah. follow us on Twitter, awful underscore movies. And again, check out our new episodes on the Blueberry Network every week, Friday or Saturday. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Thank you.